uh, as you're turning there, First Peter 5, let me encourage you just to come and uh, finish up with us on uh, the study we're doing on Tuesday nights on a city that looks like God. And what we're dealing with this is we're dealing with the thought of racial reconciliation and how do we build bridges. And there's so much going on. Oh, there's just some crazy stuff going on in our nation right now. And uh, it's not about, uh, you're not going to legislate a change. It's going to have to be a heart change if there's going to be any true reconciliation. People have to have a heart to love one another. We can't hold one generation. It's true that God says that the sins of the father are visited upon the children, and the children's children. And, 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 and there's a correlating truth to that, that there is a harvest paid by the the, the current generation for the sins of the previous generation. Nehemiah knelt and he prayed and asked forgiveness for the sins of his fathers, for the destruction of, of the, the walls and the temple and what had happened there. But one generation can't hold a current generation for the sins of the past. It does, it's no profit to me if I look back at my past and blame you today for what happened in the past. Or use the past as an excuse to have a poor attitude in the day that I live in and dealing with that. So it's so important that, that we just live in the moment that I, I, can't, I can't go back, I can't fix that, I can't, but I can do something about today. And I can determine how I'm going to build relationships today and how I'm going to respond to people today. And, and I just thought it's just been amazing that we're doing this study in the midst of all this turmoil that's going on across our nation dealing with racial divides and that. So Tuesday nights, we still have books that we can give away on Tuesday night and free for that. And so uh, we encourage you to be here. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 5. And this morning, I just, it goes in, in hand with this about caring one for another. And, uh, but I want to, uh, um, maybe open and challenge our eyes in a different way. We're in Christmas, and, uh, Sean said as he was looking at, hi, Jamie, as, uh, we are, uh, going through, coming into Christmas and that, and going through areas that we start thinking about, and we want to show our care and our love one for another. As we think about people that we love, people that we're connected to, how do we express our care, how do we show our love for them, how do we let them know how much we love them, and then as we look around, as he said, you start looking at other people and other situations, how can I let other people, not just in my little circle, in my sphere, but how can I live outside of that enclosure and be just a little bit larger in that and then that comes down to us as the church it's great that we come together as a body as a congregation we come in and we do things in the house together but how do we enlarge our circle how do we expand our borders and reach out into our community and care just beyond our needs we need to care for one another in the house but we need to live larger than just our house amen Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, and that's what I'm praying about as a pastor. How do we, and as a leader, how do I help us as a church maybe go to places we haven't been before? First Peter chapter 5 and verses 6 and 7, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Father, in these next few moments, it's our prayer that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you that you're our helper. You're here. You are God present with us in this moment, in this day that we are in. Father, you chose to be with us by your Spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us by truth. So we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said. 
Amen. And as I was praying this week and meditating on this, on how to speak, and even thinking about Christmas, and last week uh, it was awesome with the, the movie Heaven, or just a great service last week, and Thanksgiving, and seeing people come to Christ, and that, what an awesome time, amen? But that's all connected to one thought, and this word care, I haven't been able to get it out of my mind, and years ago, even looking for our church, and trying to understand as our church, how, how do we strengthen our bond together, how do we do better what church is supposed to be and uh, I don't know if you can do church better but I think we can strive amen and so years ago I came up with a thought called care groups and we started putting things together and how do we uh, get the body connect in smaller groups or we're aware of what's going on we can release resources to people and the body can be encouraged amongst itself amen and so as I was thinking about that that really became an acronym for the word care and I want you to understand that this morning then this weekend as I was just praying uh, the Spirit of God just kind of spoke up in me about that's what the Holy Spirit does is that everything that happens to us when we minister to one another by the Spirit Spirit, that's literally what happens. We're, we're receiving the care of God towards us. And so it says here that, that don't be anxious for anything, but cast your cares upon God. Release your care to the Lord, your worries, your anxiety, because He cares for us. What an amazing thought, amen? And, and then thinking about that, and then this morning driving up, just getting about halfway up the freeway here coming up, and uh, I just felt like the Spirit of God kind of shouted this into my spirit, and, and that was to tell us to hold fast to the confession of our faith. Because if God cares for us, how many know you can trust His care? And I started working, and, and uh, looking at a few areas, and then just listening, as the Spirit of God said that, I just started thinking, it, and I'll just tell you what he said to me this morning. He said, tell my people to hold fast to the confession of your faith. Speak the word over their lives in every area. And we're hearing so much today, and there's so much research, so much discovery, so much this, so much that, that we're speaking more concerns than we are speaking faith. And then, and then I watched a little bit of a Christian television. It kind of depresses me, but I watched a little bit of it. And uh, what I'm seeing is there's a huge marketing connected to fear in the body of Christ. So now we're marketing all these. We're marketing drugs. We're marketing water bottles that if you leave your water bottle in your car, if you drink out of a plastic water, there, there's contaminants in here. So our ministry has come up with a water bottle that keeps your water safe so you don't have to worry about it. And, uh, and so now we're marketing products. Instead of ministering to people, we're marketing products that are connected to fear. So the ministry has learned how to preach fear to make money off of the fears of the people. That's just my observation. I don't know if that gets you, but the Spirit of God just jumped up and He says, Fear is the new faith of our day, and even my ministers have learned to prosper preaching it instead of faith. So I just encourage you, maybe look around, maybe listen to what's being declared. Instead of telling people, hey, have faith in God, believe God. Peter says, hey, cast your care upon him because he cares for you. How do you do that? You do that through confession. You should have confession that you declare over your life. I'll live and not die. Bless God, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the, we just took the blood and the body today. Bless God, I have the wholeness of Christ in my life. I don't have to fear anything. If I eat any deadly thing, it shall not harm me. If there's something wrong with this bottle bless God we're not talking about being irresponsible we're just not talking about not being bound by fear 
Amen. So be responsible, but don't be bound by fear. And, and don't use responsibility as an excuse to hold on to your fear in place of faith. Thank you for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So look at the cover of your outline, if you would. Everybody wants to be cared for and cared about. How many would agree? Everybody does. Everybody desires the connections in life that yield and produce true concern for one another. People want to be connected in places where they know they're cared about. It's just a part of who we are. We're told daily that there are things that we should care more about, be truly concerned about, and be engaged with and connected to. That's what our president tells us when he wants to raise our taxes. You should care more. You should, be you should be willing to give. You should be willing to do that. And so they use that because there's something naturally in us. There's something created in us to care. And to need that reciprocation of care back in us because we're created like God. How many know God cares about you? We just read it. Peter said, give your cares to God because he cares for you. And we're made in his image. So it's natural for us to care about things. And if we can work on people's emotions and things and then add a little guilt to that. Sean talking about if you're prospering, God's blessing you and you're prospering. Well, then you shouldn't have any problem. If you're Joe the plumber, we should be able to take half your income. And give it to the people who aren't worth. How many know what I'm saying? But that, there, so there's truth to that. But when people twist it for their own agenda, we miss the mark. And so to some degree, that's true. When we learn to walk in connection with the Holy Spirit, He makes us aware of the needs of others and then reveals to us the resources He has made available to minister to those needs and bring encouragement to their life. Edification, exhortation, and comfort come through care in the Holy Ghost, through the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing and power and unction of the Holy Spirit, we are able to truly care for one another. When the Lord asks us to minister to one another, it's out of a care for one another, being concerned and, and being compassionate towards one another. But he says, here's what I'll do. I'll give you my anointing. I'll give you my power. I'll fill you with my gifts and my abilities. I'll even give you my nature so you can be long-suffering. So you can be patient, you can be kind, you can always be filled with joy. So he, he equips us to care one for another. Amen? When the church, the body of Christ, lives by this principle of care, an amazing transformation can come to a local church and to a city, a region, and even a nation. I agree, we should care about the racial divide, but I don't think the things that are being said right now are helping our nation at all. There's a bigger rift being made by some of the things that are being said than any healing and help that could ever come out of it. How many would agree? I mean, you just look at it and go, this, people can't be thinking. Amen. So God never intended for government to be the answer to needs of humanity. We're being told we need more. We do not need. Our problem is too much. Too much of the wrong thing caring for needs. He is the answer through the care of his people for one another. I want you to watch this first clip this morning. We can kill the house lights, Luke, if you have that ready. Piano. Church 
built the first hospital as a place to care for those who cannot care for themselves. Today, the church is the largest single provider of health care in history. Yeah. The church was the first to stand up for the rights of children, creating the first and largest orphanage system in the world. 100 out of the first 110 universities in America were founded as Christian institutions. Places like Harvard, Dartmouth, Yale, and Princeton. Much of the world's greatest art, architecture, literature, and music has been shaped by the church. But the impact of the church isn't just in history. Today, the church is stronger than ever. And continues to impact every corner of the world. Over 300,000 churches in America. And almost 5 million churches around the world stand ready to be instruments of change. To do what governments could never do. Every day, the church brings food and fresh water to millions of people across the world. Yep. It has a unique passion to help widows and orphans and fight to free slaves in every part of the world. It stands ready as a first responder on the scene to provide relief for victims of disaster. The ripple of Jesus' impact can clearly seen across the church today. And it's made up of people like me and you. But today, you didn't just come to a building. You came to a revolution 2,000 years in the making. The world is facing as much trouble as ever. But we are not afraid. We were created for such time as this. We will continue to do what we believe in. Proclaim the message of Jesus to help a world that needs him so desperately. Welcome. 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 Welcome to church. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, since the church was born on the day of Pentecost, the connection that was formed produced an awareness of the needs of the body and supplied the resources to meet the needs in such a way that the whole body was encouraged and edified, strengthened in purpose, unified in fulfillment. That's what happened when God formed the church. He created a body that would care. When you hear that video, that's actually what's happened since 2000, the birth of the church over 2,000 years ago, out of the care. Think of all the great things that have happened. We just have when we had Jenny Williams in here. Look at the care that the church is showing for men, for young ladies being rescued out of sex trafficking. Look at the care that has happened. Hudson Taylor going and building orphanages and stuff and, and ministering in, in China and reaching out and caring. All the different care. How, how many villages have fresh water, have potable water, have, have sanitation, have food? Convoy of Hope, who we partnered with over the years in one day to feed the world. They're our first response disaster relief because and it's all connected to care and there's something in us we were created to care and if we just allow the holy spirit to enlarge that some of the things that hold us back is that we feel inadequate but don't forget again he put his nature inside of you the fruit of the spirit abides in you when you're baptized with the holy spirit power has come upon you and anointings come upon you jesus said the spirit of the lord is upon me and he has given me power to preach the gospel to heal the sick to open blind eye to do these to minister to set captives free amen and so there's something about the Holy Spirit that drives us to care so the Holy Ghost is a person who cares and he is in us and that care rises up within us go with me to Acts chapter 4 watch what happened as the church was birthed and these great things begin to take place and I just believe that for us in our county we can really see a real revival we can see a breakthrough in people's lives if we'll just expand the borders of our care Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 32 says this now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and of one soul 
Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Nor there was anyone who lacked, for all were possessors who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. And they laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one to each as anyone had need. And Joses, who was also named Barnabas, the apostle, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, don't go out and sell your house. Don't go out and sell your land, your property. But what you see here is the church came together and out of connection came an awareness of needs that were within that connection. And then they said, wait a minute, we have resources that are able to meet to that need and not only did they just have spiritual resources but natural resources came together and every orphanage every outreach everything that's been built has came out of the connection that comes together which produces awareness which releases resources and then it ministers encouragement Amen. Now, what if we defined our personal life and we started saying, Lord, I want to be a person that cares like that. I'm not afraid of being connected. I'm not afraid of being made aware of needs that are around me. I'm not afraid of releasing my resources. Amen. So that others might be encouraged. Something dramatic can happen within all of our life. Think about this. The Father, through His connection with His creation and awareness of their need, released the resources of heaven and His Son to meet their needs and bring His encouragement to their lives. This is Christmas. Why else would God send His Son to be born in the humble surroundings of a stable, to live and to die for our sins, if He was not connected to us to care? Amen? When anyone comes to Christ and gets saved, it is through the care of heaven that has been ministered to them. Connection, awareness, resource, and encouragement. God connected to our lives as His creation. He's connected to each one of our lives today, right here. Aware of the need in our lives for a Savior. Release the resource of heaven in His Son to bring the word of encouragement and hope of heaven to our lives through the gospel that we would believe, receive, and be saved. Amen? So this principle it just works everywhere. We live in a world that can leave people hopeless, though. And they need to know the care of heaven. How many would agree? They need to know that. Care, as used in the Word of God, it describes how He cares for us. The, the Greek word there for care that we read in 1 Peter 3, 7 is milo. It's a primary verb, to be of interest to. When it says that God cares for you, He just says that you are of interest to God. Every person that we see, God, is, is you, everyone, they are, He is of interest to them. Or they are, are of interest to Him. God cares about every person. And when we understand that, great things happen. And God begins to flow through our lives in a dynamic way. It means to show concern. And it also means in, in personally in matters and to take care of. John 10, 13 says though that the hireling, Jesus speaking about the good shepherd. But He says the hireling only cares for himself. He doesn't care for the sheep. How about you? I don't want to be a hireling Christian. Amen? I want to be connected to the needs of others. So how do we get? Then it talks about us how we get caught in care. Go with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Cares are an amazing thing. You can either minister by care or be caught up in care. 
Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with so much serving and she approached him, meaning Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care <laughs> that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help. She was casting her care upon the Lord. <laughs> Lord, don't you care that my sister has bailed and she's just sitting here listening to you preach? And there's so much that needs to be done. And so what we find out here is that the Lord kind of helps us understand that there's a right way to care and a wrong way to care. There are things to be concerned about and things not to be quite so concerned about. Not talking about irresponsibility again, but just about having care in the right perspective. And Jesus answered her and said to Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her and so when it comes to care and caring there's an important way to care there's a right way to care and so one of the definitions of care is that we get all worked up and we get anxiety about things but that's not the kind of care that we're talking about this morning go back with me to chapter to verse 29 there in Luke chapter 10 and it speaks of a Pharisee coming and wanting to justify himself. And he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Because Jesus says, hey, if you love me, keep my commandment. Honor God, do that. And love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. And then the guy goes, okay, cool. Who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, all right, let me help you. So then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side and said, I don't have time to care. Okay, Verse 32, likewise a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side because he didn't have time to care. It's amazing, both of these two were the religious people. Okay, But then a certain Samaritan, the one that the religious people called dogs and unworthy of fellowship, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come, Again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And so when it comes to care, we can be caught up like Martha with worry or anxiety. And if you look, I gave you some definitions. I'll just kind of go through them quickly. But let me ask you this. How do you cast your cares upon the Lord? Or I said, don't, don't be concerned. But how do you cast care upon the Lord? How do you do that? Well, Mostly by what you declare out of your mouth. First and foremost, by what you declare out of your mouth. How, how do you accept the care of God? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And you're saved. How, how do you receive God's care into your life? You, you have to acknowledge it. Amen? 
that, that's the way we get saved. And so I have some personal confessions that I have and I keep in the front of my Bible. One of them says, I'm the body of Christ. I'm redeemed from the curse. Jesus bore my sickness, carried my disease in his own body. By his stripes I am healed. I forbid any sickness or disease to operate in my body. Every organ, every tissue of my body functions in perfection in which God created it to function. I honor God and bring glory to Him in my body. How many know that's taking advantage of care? God says, cast your care upon me because I care for you. Okay, I agree that you care. And this is how you declared you care about me. So I think I will agree with your declaration of care for my life. I choose to agree with you have declared how you care for me. When we confess the word, we're told over and over, hold fast to the confession, the profession of your faith. Amen. To speak to what Jesus said, if you had faith, you would say, you would declare. What do you say and you declare? The Word of God. Amen? But somehow we think we're being careless if we don't confess our circumstances. Well, you're not denying your circumstances, but it's one thing to declare that you have somebody who is greater than you, who has the provision, who has the resources, who is connected to you, who is aware of your situation, and who has the resources to meet that, and so you can address that situation and be encouraged in your heart that I am not alone. Amen. I'm glad God cares for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it's defined as a noun. If you go through the state of mind in which one is troubled, that's Martha. But then it's talked about protection. And there's a chart. He is under the care of a doctor. It's a temporary keeping for the benefit or until of another or until claimed by the owner. How many know that the Lord has left us here to care? The parable of the town. He says, hey, in the vineyard, the Lord says, here's my vineyard. The master comes, here's my vineyard. Take care of it until I come. Here's some meanness. Do business till I come. Here's some talent. Take care of things until I come. And so God has placed things into our care. Isn't that awesome? And then he's equipped us to do it. I like the fact that anything he tells us to care about, he provides for us to do that. But until I care and I engage, I don't see the resources. And so there, there, there's kind of a, a catch-22 here because we, be, we can genuinely care, but we can be caring in the negative way. And, and it's choking off the resource of heaven or else I can care and then I can lean upon the one who cares for me because in his care is our answer. How many understand what I'm saying? That's so important. It was interesting as I was uh, uh, looking up definitely, I said, well, I'm going to define it. So I, in my notes, I had care typed and on my iPad when I'm doing my notes, if you highlight it, then it asks you if you want to define it. And care capitalized immediately takes you to the definition of the care organization. And I, I put it there in your notes. This is what came up. It was a private organization for the collection of funds, goods, and et cetera for distribution to the needy in foreign lands. I thought, wow, how, how apropos is that? How does that fit in? So you, you, you Google the word care or, or you click the definition on the word care and it brings up an organization that is connected to an awareness of needs and providing resources to bring encouragement. I go, how awesome is that? How many of you have ever heard of, you know, that you got a care package? Amen. How awesome is that? 
So they were founded just to do that. They work in over uh, their 14 member organization working together to end poverty. And they work in 84 countries doing all kinds of different things. But it's connected to one word to caring connection, awareness, resource and encouragement. Amen. What a powerful thought. As a verb, it means this, to be concerned, to have thought or regard, to have a special preference, to make provision or look out. And so one, one situation where you go out and you go, hey, will you care for my children while I'm away? Amen. How about you know if somebody places their children into your care, they're asking you to care for them the same way you would, that you would connect with them, that you'd be aware of what they're doing. If they have a need, that you would meet that need. And so that when they come back, the kids are encouraged and the parents are encouraged when they return. How many know that'd be a good babysitter? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we like that. Praise the Lord. But it also means as a verb to feel concerned about. In the negative, it means that people say, I don't care what others say. But it also means to wish and have a desire towards someone. Some of the idioms that come with care is, is that people say, I couldn't care less or to be completely unconcerned how many know that's not the kind of care we want we want to be connected but it's also referred to take care be alert be careful take care that you don't fall in the eyes take care of yourself it's used as a goodbye as an expression of party take care of to watch over to be responsible to care because in our world sometimes people just need you and and sometimes we're afraid to care because we're afraid if i connect and i really begin to care what's that mean but maybe we need to ask the question, if I don't connect and I don't care, what's that mean? Watch this next video.
Amen. Whoa. Hallelujah. We'll get all the bugs out. We'll be ready for second service. Praise the Lord. Thank you for letting us practice on you this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know God wants to care through us? Maybe you were the person. There was a point in my life when I needed to know that there was still hope. And I'm thankful there was a church someplace that cared. That's, what, that's why we're here as a church, so that people can come in and find hope. And not only just come in and find it, but that we go out and share that hope with them. As we think about Christmas, that's really what Christmas is all about. If I could say it again, Jesus is the hope of the world. Amen? And that's what happened. We think about that. It's not the tree. It's not the decoration. It's all that. It's a celebration of a memory of the hope that we have, of the care that we've received from God. I don't know if I could, if, if you can just, I'm, I'm hoping that God would brand this in your spirit, that we would understand as a church, that no matter whether I need to be cared for or I'm learning how to care for others, that we understand that it only comes through connection. And I don't have to be afraid of connecting to others. I don't have to be afraid of becoming aware of their problems when I connect with them. Because I know that I'm already connected to someone who's aware of their problems. And out of his awareness, he's made the resource that I need to be able to bring his hope to their lives that they might be encouraged. People commit suicide because they think there is no hope. They end their lives. They turn, people turn to drugs. They, they turn to situations. They run and, 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 and they just check out on life because they feel they're in a hopeless situation and they need somebody who cares enough to come to them. The key is, is God cares about everyone, but he, he's, he's wanting to care through us. He doesn't come down. God's chosen. I'll never forget that just one statement that I heard. When God wants to bless someone, he sends a person to them. That's why Jesus says, I will make you my witness. When we go and witness for Christ, we're literally telling people, we're going to declare to people that God cares for you. That's our witness. God cares so much for you. When you tell somebody, sometimes the easiest way just to talk to somebody is witness somebody. I, I do it time and time again as, as the Spirit of God will prompt me. I'll be in situations. Has anybody ever told you that God loved you so much that He gave His only Son that if you would believe on Him, you would? and Perry. Sometimes you can meet a stranger and just shake their hand and while you're shaking their hand just look right and look them right in the eye and ask them that quote them that verse in the first person. Amen. And, and sometimes you can even pray for them. Would you like to accept God's love for you? God cares for you. And you can cast your care upon Him. He doesn't want you burdened. He doesn't want you hopeless. He cares for you. And that's what we're celebrating in Christmas. Amen. We're not celebrating sales. Not celebrate the time of the year to get the best deal or do it, all that stuff. But what if we just cared? Amen. And I think about that. So many times people are filling up their lives with stuff because they don't have any true fulfillment in their heart. So we need other stuff to fill up the void. One last verse. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How much does God care? How much does He care? God's a God of reconciliation, He's a God of reconciliation. That's why he came, is to reconcile us back to himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and just verses 18 here 
through 21. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, Paul defines it. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of of reconciliation if we could just insert care into there God cared so much that he came into the world through Christ. he cared so much about people being estranged to him he is connected to, he doesn't like it when people are broke off from him every person you know every loved one every friend every person you're going to meet that doesn't know Christ, God is connected to them he loves the world amen and he loves people. And so through us, God wants to love through us. But he's in the world reconciled. He came through Christ. He cared enough to come personally. I'll think about that. God didn't just sin. He didn't dispatch somebody. He didn't delegate this to somebody else. His care was personal involvement. God came to earth to redeem what he cared about. Amen? To work in our life. And, and we need that same love in our heart. It means to cut reconciliation and to care is enough to reestablish the connection. The connection with broken sin breaks our connection with God. God says, I care enough that I'm going to provide a way for that connection to be reunited and we can be back at the place where I'm aware and you can receive the resource of heaven and the encouragement. Praise the Lord. Ephesians, I don't have time to read it. 2 verses 15 and 16 says friendship with the world actually Romans 8 says that friendship with the world is enmity with God it's war against God and all about you I don't want to be at war I don't want to be at odds I want to be reconciled to God the word reconcile means to cause a person to accept or be resigned to something not desired he was reconciled to his fate but that's not what God has answered it also means to win over to friendliness to cause to become amicable to reconcile hostile persons that's that's what God did in my life. I was hostile against God. And he reconciled me back. Those who were in enmity with God. Enmity is a feeling or condition of hostility, hatred, ill will, animosity, antagonism. But God worked to reconcile that out of us. It also means to compose or settle a quarrel or dispute. How many know that God through Christ reconciled our sin account and settled our dispute with God? Amen. So it also means to restore. I thought this was interesting. In the dictionary it says to restore and excommunicate or penitent to communion in a church. To reconcile. Somebody who feels as if they've been cast out or somebody who, who's been discarded. But to bring them back and bring them restoration in connection and that. So the key is are we willing to care for what he cares for. Come on, this is Christmas, amen? Let's care. Let's see what would happen if we just said, Lord, show me what it means to care in a different way. I don't understand what I said. We're not care. We care, but God, am I caring the way I should? Uh, Tuesday night, I said it in, in last week, just as I'm reading uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and it talked about, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who for your sakes... Who for the grace of our Lord Jesus, who for your sakes, 
was made poor that you through his poverty might be rich. You know his grace towards us who for your sake, that he cared enough that, that he became what we literally needed in our life. He cared enough to become that. And isn't it amazing though that in doing that, God didn't leave him destitute. Who for your sake became poor that you might be made rich. How many know that Jesus is not poor right now? How many know he's seated at the right hand? But in caring and investing, what happened? The reward of heaven, the provision of heaven is kept. And so then God has raised him up and exalted him, given him a name that's above every name. When we care and we minister to others, it releases the provision of heaven on our behalf. How many know Jesus came because God cared? He ministered out of that care. He said, I'm only doing what I see my father do. I'm only do- saying what I hear my father say. And if we would just care like that and just connect, something dynamic can happen. So that's my prayer as your pastor. Say, Pastor, where are we going to the church? Where we- I want us to change who we are as a church. We-, we care a lot. We built the Lord's gym because we care about our young people. We're heavily invested in caring. But I think we could care even better. Amen? We, we care. Why do we home our, our, house our home? Because we care. Why do we give? Why do we do shoe? But why do we do everything? Because we care. But I think we could care more. Just do what God, let's just help us to care more and understand what you're asking about. Watch this last clip as we close. I'm 
No, the Lord just said, when you care for the least of these, you care for me. Father, this morning, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would teach us to care. You care so much for us. Father, you chose to be connected to us. And you're aware of every need that we have. And you provided for us the resource of heaven through your Son, Jesus Christ. You have met every need of our life. We are abundantly supplied. Every moment we live, we're encouraged by your care for us. We thank you, Father. Lord, help us to expand our care, to love in a way. Lord, as we go through our community, even at this season, there's so many opportunities.